0: The economic health of this nation has been there are four
1: essential economic freedoms. the excessive decline in the dollar. So late rally on Wall Street, it's too big to fail. Growing the economy.
2: Growing the economy. It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome.
0: Welcome. This is Money Talk. Money Talk.
2: Good morning, and thanks for tuning in to Money Talks. I am your host, Nick Antonucci, joined this morning by uh, my fellow research analyst, Jacob Keene. What's going on, Nooch? Morning. And Jesse Thomas from our uh, perimeter office. Yes, hey. The tax and accounting department, CPA. Jesse Thomas, CPA. Yes. Got to get that in there. That's right. Well, guys, thanks for being on today. It's been an exciting week for sure. Once again, the Fed steps in to save the day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Propping markets up.
1: They didn't They didn't change they rates. Do,
2: they haven't done anything. They didn't take action to change rates, but their message.
1: Remove the word patient, so they're losing patience.
2: <laughs> exactly. They are losing <laughs> patience.
1: Uh, yeah. The, the, dots, the dots themselves moved, but the median forecast um, didn't really move uh, to close out this year. Uh, it looks a little different next year but there were a handful of folks on the board that we're talking about either one or two cuts this year so yeah
2: yeah i think two cuts is the expectation and three for 2020
1: is which right? yeah
2: yeah which it's
1: it's interesting to me because it feels like the bond market called their shot talking three cuts over the next 12 months yeah and the fed was not
2: there and
1: over a month ago and
2: and man did they turn here, quickly here they are now here you, you, they are now you talk about the bond market indicating that you know we have this sheet in front of us that kind of shows you the the change in yields um across the yield curve so you know starting in 1 month all the way out to 30 years and the change in yields over the past 1 month is just absurd the smallest change you have is in the 3 month treasury which still lost 24 basis points up to the two, three the two and the three year lost about half a percent, almost fifty basis points in one month. The ten year, so let's kinda of look at the benchmark, forty two basis points. We dipped under two percent.
1: Yeah, under two percent. Today,
2: Thursday at the time of wow. this recording, we dipped under two percent. So tough. the inflation concerns are obviously more in focus in this meeting. Last meeting it was oh, you know, the lack of inflation uh, seems to be transitory. That doesn't seem to be the Fed's opinion any longer. They don't refer to it as transitory
1: right right inflation expectations have definitely moved down a tad sure um but i think they're still anticipating on getting back to two percent over the next year or two yeah um i think it's more this overall global growth growth concerns i mean we're seeing global growth s- slow down a lot of the econ- we've had some decent e- economic data Recently, you know, talking l- last week or two, but yeah. broadly speaking, we've looked at some, you know, macro surprises to the downside, and I, I don't envy Jerome Powell's position here, trying to kind of handicap economic policy at a time where you have no idea what's going to happen with the G20 summit, you have no idea what's going to happen with tariffs, because what about the newest?
2: piece of the puzzle not that it's really monetary policy but iran right you didn't have you didn't have near the level of tension with iran last week that you have this week and then we have a a drone shot out of the sky Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and you know donald trump makes um, tweets a few things out and markets pull back about 40 bips intraday they've since kind of recovered um he's really
1: mastered the cryptic tweet
2: Absolutely. Are, you, are we going to attack Iran? Guess we'll see, or wait and see, or something yeah, like we'll that. guess we'll see. Guess we'll see.
1: Said Iran made a huge mistake, but then came back 30 minutes later and said, "Oh, I'm sorry. Well, we don't know if they did it on purpose, and then some
2: hothead probably yeah. just made a mistake.
1: And then you had uh, one of the generals in Iran basically say that we're sending a message to the U.S. So. Yeah. Who knows <laughs> who knows and and you want to talk inflation you want to talk forecasting inflation well what happens when oil goes?
2: I mean yeah six percent move
1: you've got at some that, point today what is it the Strait of Hormuz yep you've got that you know if we're at war it's going to be hard to get the oil absolutely and that's <laughs> where the tankers what
2: well, was it last week you had two tankers that were attacked
1: yeah yeah so uh, we saw oil move on this drone strike news. You start seeing oil moving up, then the 10-year the, the at, at 2% is going to look silly, and inflation trying trying to worry about getting inflation to 2% is also going to sound silly. Yeah. You, you introduce the potential potential of you know policies uh, too loose right now.
2: Sure. And you know, talking about uh, interest rates and yields, um, there's an article published today: global negative yielding debt. It's record $12.3 trillion. That's absurd. Yeah. The level of debt that is has a negative yield is $12.3 trillion. The average yield of the global bond market is now 1.76% down from 2.51% in November of last year. And then on, uh, on Tuesday, Austrian, French, and Swedish 10-year yields all slumped below zero for the first time. You've got the the, the ten-year German boond at negative point three two percent, all-time record low.
1: Well, Draghi's on his way out, and he kind of just
2: oh yeah, he was like
1: threw the kitchen sink absolutely. at it. Absolutely didn't didn't actually change anything, but as far as as far as changing expectations, he was like, we're gonna
2: do
0: whatever anything. we have to do. Yeah,
1: another <laughs> whatever it takes moment, I guess. Yeah,
2: it's crazy. You know, you look at two percent on the on the ten-year U.S. Treasury. And then Italian debt, 10-year Italian debt, yields the same. Yeah. From a risk perspective, how does that make sense?
1: And if they ever break free from the EU, they're going to write the fattest check you've ever seen.
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, how all this has played into equity markets uh, this week, we're up about 2% on the week, led by energy up 3.44%, as you would expect with the big move in oil prices. Uh, Second uh, biggest leader of the week, information technology which has been the leader year to date. We're up 18.8% so far in 2019, um, 28, almost 28% for uh, information technology. Real estate's up 25 consumer discretionary about 22.5%.
1: Yeah, and kind of on the week, it, it, it feels like when the market heard that Trump and Xi were going to meet in, at the G20, that was positive news. So,
2: yeah, but we every time but I we didn't like,
1: know if they were going to meet. We didn't know if Xi was going to show up. So now he's going to show up. It's being interpreted as positive, but again.
2: I, the- I just feel like it gets ahead of itself. You and I have talked about this like every time that we're on the show together, and I always relate it back-to-back when we had a lot of terrorist attacks. It used to move the market, and it got to the point where the market became immune to it. When does that happen here? Because there can be talks and talks and talks, but nothing ever progresses. So at what point does the market start to shun this and say, we want action? Right. Well as well I mean as, you're up as, 1% almost a percent today
1: as as asset managers too at the end of the day you also have to ask okay deal gets done today is the damage already done I mean you you've already got you've already got businesses have to make the decisions now you know yeah. they've been making decisions the past few months about where where are we moving production yeah, what's going on with Yeah you got companies
2: even Apple coming out today yeah. that say we're going to start moving production to the U.S. I mean, this isn't this isn't small amounts of money.
1: And what effect does that have on China, for instance? Or or do, we haven't even talked about potential European tariffs. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it does feel like, I mean, you're looking at on, on the – look at that year to date, Nick.
2: I know. It's, it's absurd.
1: is up 27.5% here today. Kind of feels like we're getting ahead of ourselves here. I don't –
2: and it also, we have it, – it's IPO after IPO after IPO. They just yeah. they get these absurd valuations like Slack today, $20 billion valuation.
1: And uh, I don't see how they're different, markedly different than, than Skype. Both you and I were looking at that. Yeah. But
2: one It's just one after the other.
1: Yeah, it's uh, – it's hard to start to reconcile too cuz we were reading the other day that if if you look at institutional asset managers they're positioned very, you know, risk yeah. yeah, cautiously right now. How do you reconcile with that that with what it feels like is happening with retail investors right now? I or? don't know. It, it definitely
2: doesn't doesn't line <laughs> up.
1: It it feels like right now everything you can't go wrong anywhere. You buy bonds,
2: they go up. Gold's up. You buy gold, it goes up. You Equity's buy stocks, up. it goes up. Oil's up. Just Bitcoin's buy up. Bitcoin's up. You, you, <laughs> you can't lose. Does is that, is that sound like a problem when it's, I sit here and tell you it doesn't matter what asset class you buy, you can't lose? That's concerning to me. It doesn't
1: feel sustainable. It, it, it definitely, definitely doesn't. sustainable.
2: Well, we can get in a couple of economic indicators here before yeah. we got to take a break from the week. Uh, last Friday, uh, we had the latest U.S. retail sales. Came in stronger than expected. Really, the, the bright spot there is you had a large upward revision to the April growth. Um Growth of 0.3% rather than a 0.2% decline as initially reported. Um, Gains were led by non-store retailers, sporting goods stores, hobby stores, electronics. So in May, if you look year-over-year, retail sales were up 3.2%. Pretty solid growth. Now it's down from 3.7% year-over-year growth in April.
1: Yeah, that rate of change is kind of slow if you put it in the context of the past couple years, let's say. Sure. You know, not on an all-time basis, I guess, let's say.
2: Um, What else worth mentioning? Consumer sentiment lost a little bit in June, but didn't really uh, completely erase all the gains we had in May. The index slipped to 97.9 from 100. And uh, the decline compared with May was led by the expectations component.
1: So, yeah, you see five-year inflation expectations dipping to 2.2%, which is the lowest on record. So it kind of jives with, you know, a dovish Fed and, you know,
2: Absolutely. Anyway, let's uh, run over a couple more economic indicators we had in the week before we switch gears here. Um, New residential construction, housing starts slipped slightly in May, fell 0.9%, below the revised April total, and by 4.7% from a year earlier. Um, You had a large decline in single-family starts that more than offset an increase in multifamily starts. You also had decreased starts in the Northeast, Midwest, and the West. Um, Housing permits did increase slightly. So housing really... it hasn't been strong in, in quite some time now, and the trend continues. Nothing, yeah. nothing overly, you know, optimistic to say about the housing market.
1: Well, we did see an uptick in refi activity last— Holy cow, last, we did. 28
2: percent, something like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was absurd. That's not the case this week. Top-line index for the uh, mortgage application survey fell 3.4 percent. Purchase applications are down 0.15 percent over the past four weeks. Um, if you look at one week, one week changes, both purchases index and refinance index fell by 3.5%. Um, still, mortgage rates look cheap. If you can, if you've been waiting yeah. to get in a house and you can afford to get in a house, uh, rates look attractive. Although, shoot, expectations ba- now is lower.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're starting to get back to those like 2014 levels though. So yeah, you're right. It's kind of. I in those cycle lows, maybe. And, you know, just kind
2: of like a <laughs> well, local, one a local the low. reference. I, I I follow, you know, in town real estate kind of closely. And I've seen a lot more listings dropping their prices as of late. Like if you're looking on whatever listing sites you want to use, I've seen a lot more that will look at it. i will say, you know, price recently dropped. So I don't know if you're starting to kind of see a slowdown in appreciation. But in the city of Atlanta, anyway, you know, the area that the three of us on here live mm-hmm. in, it's been absurd, the price appreciation. So. Maybe seeing yeah, like that no, slowing.
1: Yeah, another thing is in multifamily site, you're seeing a lot of you know deals, contracts break down, you know.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Not actually close on the property, anyways.
0: Though I, I know a study was published this week, and um, Georgia is in the top ten most affordable states in the country, price per square foot.
2: Wow. So. wow. Not, not in the city, I feel like. No, well, not in the city, know, the state, but the state the as a whole. Well, Jacob. Yeah, well. Let's it. talk economy again, because. I think a, It's a crazy world right now.
1: Yeah, I think a great starting off point was so we're talking selling businesses. Interesting. If you look back in the jobs report, small business hiring, small and medium sized business hiring, was a lot slower than the big large companies. So, that it was. Yeah, we only yeah. added
2: 75,000 jobs. Yep. In May. Yeah. Expectation was for I think 185,000.
1: Right. Right. Wage growth is still, you know. Unimpressive, yep. I guess. Let's say. I mean, it's there, but unimpressive. Continuing claims. I mean, we're still, we're still. Four-week
2: moving average continues to. Yeah. So. To look better and better.
1: It's it's a kind of it's a kind of wild macro picture. I mean, wow! What what a fun time! What a fun time to be an analyst trying to oh, yeah. figure out. Oh My
2: crystal ball is broken. Where, right
1: now. where all the chess pieces fall, but I guess. I guess let's let's keep it simple, right? No uptick in unemployment mm-hmm.
2: yet. <laughs> yet,
1: the yield curve is inverted.
2: Has been inverted for yes. two months. Not quite
1: yet, but Getting around there. there, around there. And the Fed's talking a potential rate cut in July. That's what the market believes. That's kind of what it feels like they're telegraphing. And I think my interpretation. You can tell me yours. I think my interpretation, especially with the press conference afterwards, with J. Powell, you know, getting getting grilled by everybody, um, is they're waiting for the economic data to come through. Maybe that's veiled. <laughs> maybe that's veiled with we'll see if a trade deal gets done, mm-hmm. right? But they're waiting for the economic data to come through. So if, that can, if the economic data worsens from here and they are cutting rates, then you're in a situation where typically if labor is this tight. And the Fed is cutting rates, they're seeing something in the future that R word that we all fear. Because if you look at history, unemployment rate under 4%, Fed cuts the Fed funds rate. Yep. Recession followed mm-hmm. every time. So you could, you could, now that's, you know, the scary piece. You could, I mean, Look at the 90s. It kind of feels like the 90s in a lot of ways. Look at the 90s. Well, Fed cut rates in 95 into a weakening global growth picture. You know, 98 as well. You know, it, it, we were a little too tight there. We had the Thai bat crisis. You know, the Russian Russia. Russian crisis and the cut rates in 98. Arguably, <laughs> arguably that's when the real <laughs> when the real bubble. Got blown, but we had plenty. You would have done well to maintain, you know, uh, a risk stance into that environment. So I guess it's kind of like well, there's all these tertiary things like Iranian war. What's the likelihood of that? You know, you start to handicap all sorts of different ideas around. Infl- we got massive flooding in the Midwest. What's that going to do to? Grain pricing, it's, it just gets very difficult. But I think at the end of the day, the, where I stand is if the yield curve is inverted, inverted, overall, you should reduce risk in the portfolio. That doesn't mean I predict a recession you know, in the next year. It just means it's a lot more likely now than it was a year or two or three ago.
2: Absolutely. You know, Let's say we get a rate cuts, right, and asset prices continue their upward movement in, in the stock market. Where is that – the the missing piece to me is earnings growth though because Didn't even you don't have that. violation or you don't have valuations that makes valuations are are a little high right now.
1: Yeah, we're at like 19 and a half times earnings, high 19s, which so, so if asset
2: prices continue to rise at this level, but there's not earnings growth to support that.
1: Well, it's yet to be seen. You know, Q1, what did we grow earnings less than one percent?
2: Yeah. What's the expectation for second quarter? Probably similar. I've seen some estimates that were lower. Yeah, we expect they were negative. But again, what
1: these analysts are the same as us. How do you how do you predict in an environment of you know uh, a global trade war? How do you predict? Well, trade deal gets done. Okay, earnings growth is 10%. Trade deal doesn't get done. Okay, earnings growth negative 3%. All right, let's just midpoint that. You know. You you want to go
2: you want to go tin hat here that we talked about, uh, fed, fed cuts. That's not tin hat. That, it makes sense. It does make sense. Tin I, foil
1: hat. Tin foil hat. A tin yeah. hat. That sounds like Johnny Appleseed or something. Well, that's a pot.
2: <laughs> yeah, tin foil hat. Um, but but let's say you get a rate cut. You get two two rate cuts or mm-hmm. you you get one for fifty base points something like that.
1: We'll start with the premise. Donald Trump wants to get reelected absolutely it helps if the market's up if you want to get reelected so so how do you do that
2: you you Go put ahead. pressure well first mm-hmm. of all you put pressure on the fed to yep. cut rates whether that be through um, a trade war with china or your tweets yes whichever <laughs> um, the fed cuts rates mm-hmm. that's that props asset prices further yep. then you follow that up with oh we got a trade deal done with china you 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 come to a more level playing field with China, make something happen, and that just sends equity markets even further. You're the greatest thing ever for the economy, just in time for uh, an election year.
1: Yeah, it's it's the hold my beer factor. It Watch is, this. it absolutely <laughs> is.
2: So Which is like, interesting. Donald Trump has this, this no, everyone has this notion this this guy's a lunatic, this guy's out of his mind. What if he's just like really smart and he he is everything s- is working out exactly as he's planned it
1: i don't know (laughs) it's It's, hard to believe yeah it's hard to believe but in that scenario one of the things it was actually brought up in the press conference Mm -hmm. right the question always becomes you know it's we're making decisions here ourselves Mm -hmm. you know if rates have already moved down the way they have and the fed's cutting rates well if i have to make you know big asset purchase by a house or a car Am I going to hold off and say, well, let's wait and see where they settle? Because if the Fed cuts rates once, then you know, you're know you thinking, oh, maybe it'll happen again. So in your scenario, the only, you get the, quote-unquote, pardon the pun, trump card yep. on that, and then everyone gets excited. They're like, oh, yeah, trade deal's done. Let's invest in our business. Let's make it happen now. And you, you get that huge... CapEx boost that we're waiting potentially that we've been waiting for, it feels like.
2: Yeah, and then you would that was expected to happen once we got the, the tax reform, and I still don't really think that's ever happened. Well, the increase in CapEx yeah. to the extent that we expected.
1: I mean, a lot of stock got bought.
2: <laughs> yeah, a great, lot of
1: great use of a cash. Lot, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of stock was re- repurchased. um But yeah, it, it, absolutely interesting times. I personally hope I don't wake up tomorrow and bombs went off in Iran just as an investor because right. we got enough we got enough other things that we're trying to figure out right now yeah as right. a country and you know as Globally. investors Globally. Uh, yeah, it, absolutely absolutely it, there's there's only so many spinning plates you can have eventually before one of them comes <laughs> crashing comes, down comes crashing down
2: well guys uh that about does it for the show this week what do you think for the markets next week jacob
1: uh, well, we we got new all-time highs now, so let's just keep running.
2: We're running higher. Jesse? Yeah, it's going to go up. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll see you next week.
0: All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only.